Okay, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. If you live here, you already know Seattle is expensive. Today, we'll talk about some of the factors driving up prices. Axios Seattle reporter Christine Claridge is here to talk about Seattle's notably high inflation and what it means for you. But first, let's get you caught up. Seattle City Council member Andrew Lewis is going for it. He announced a bid for re-election yesterday. Lewis represents District 7, which covers Queen Anne, Magnolia, and Pioneer Square. He says his next four years would be focused on converting empty downtown offices into housing and putting a lid over I-5. In the largest jump since the pandemic, more than 17 million people boarded state ferries last year. Not totally pre-pandemic levels. There were 24 million riders in 2019, but better than it has been. Ferries recorded a low of 14 million riders in 2020. WSF says they've struggled to train enough staff to bring some routes back to full service, which has played a part in the slower increase. And calling all material girls, Madonna is headed to Seattle this summer. She's touring all around the country with a set of her greatest hits. She's starting at Climate Pledge on July 18th. If you're in Madonna's fan club, you can buy tickets until 3 p.m. today. And if you're not, they'll open up to the public at 10 a.m. Friday. Fun fact, Madonna's first ever tour kicked off at the Paramount Theater in 1985. We've all done it grabbed some bread off the grocery shelf, and then taken a second long look at the price. The cost of food in the Seattle area is up 11% from a year ago, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And that's not all. Housing, food, energy, all more expensive. Well, gas prices are a bit lower now, but still, it all adds up. You might not be surprised to learn Seattle is among the top cities for rates of inflation. Axios Seattle reporter Christine Claridge is here to talk about what's costing so much and the impact on the community. Really glad you're here, Christine. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Good to be here. So nationwide inflation has been dipping a bit, but Seattle still ranks third highest. I did notice gas prices have come down a bit, but where are some of the other places we're noticing things are expensive. You're right. Um, Inflation has overall been going down, but Seattle is the outlier in our country in that inflation is not cooling as quickly. And food, housing, and shelter are the places where, in particularly shelter, where Seattle is not able to get any relief. So rent prices are still holding us pretty tightly at this point. You know, rent prices, I'm also looking at another bit of data that came in just today that said rent has decreased in Seattle faster than any other place in the country. So it's decreasing, but not nearly enough to offset the enormously high costs that we've seen, the growth that we've seen over the last couple of years. And rent and housing prices in general, um, including mortgages and buying houses. Do you have examples about where food prices are expensive right now? Give us a few examples about where we're feeling the pinch in the grocery store. You know, I noticed just yesterday, I went to the store, my ordinary grocery bill would be about $90 for the week for one person. It was twice that yesterday. It seemed like there was a huge jump. And it wasn't just in 
any one particular category, it was across the board. Where I could have gotten a green pepper for 88 cents, it's now close to $2. Where milk was $2, it's now close to four. Um, if you're looking for meat, you used to be able to find sales, like chicken breast would be $1.99, that was a good sale price. You can't get anywhere near that now. The sale prices on a lot of animal products, particularly meat, seem to be really close to $8. I've never seen that before, and I know that takes a real bite out of people's food budget. I am absolutely noticing it with meat and eggs recently, Christine. I saw prices for eggs that just blew my socks off, like 6 or $7 for just what I would consider to be like, okay, free range, but not, you know, special pasture. Well, I used to think eggs were one of the great bargains. I'd look at an 18-pack for two thirty-eight and think, that is an amazing source of protein and a good value and no more. Yeah, very, very interesting, Christine. You know, you and I have lived here a long time, and Seattle has been a fairly expensive city for years. So in some ways, it's not that surprising that we're seeing this high level of inflation but what are some of the more interesting reasons for this? You know, how did we get here? The reasons behind the inflation, one of the University of Washington professors that I was talking to, Jake Vigdor, he was explaining that this isn't a Seattle problem. This is really, when you step back and look at the big picture, this is a world problem. Supply chain issues and labor shortages are affecting the whole world and the prices around. You know, inflation is everywhere. But he said, it particularly affects Seattle. I was actually trying to ask, how does our minimum wage being so high, does that give us a cushion? Are Seattle residents feeling it, the pinch a bet less, even though our inflation is higher? And he said, no, as a matter of fact, that's not how it works. And he explained that our labor shortage is actually one of the biggest drivers of Seattle's increased reluctance or inability to bounce down, respond back as quickly as some of the other cities we're looking at. Why is that, Christine? Here's how he explained it. So we got, let's take our Washington and Seattle minimum wages of about $16 and $20. And you've got this, all these employers who are looking for workers and they can't find them at those prices. So let's say a store owner wants to hire just an entry level person, but they cannot for $16 or $20. So now they have to pay $22, $23 to get somebody who minimally skilled entry level job. And so that has to be passed on to someone and that results in higher prices for consumers. Where he said you're going to be seeing it the most, where we are seeing it the most, is in service uh, sector things such as restaurant employees, retail employees, entry-level healthcare workers, and childcare workers. To exacerbate uh, an already tight labor market, you've got people who might return to work if they could have good childcare, but they're opting not to because they can't find that. Yeah, you know, the cost of living here is prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. What are you hearing about how people are managing through this inflation on a daily basis? People I know have really put some thought into cutting down their food bills. And it used to be there was a period where not many people were paying much attention to coupons and flyers and the ads. But my friends are definitely paying attention to that. And they'll go, for example, they instead of just going to one store, they plan on Saturday and Sunday to make like a route. You go to grocery outlet first and you see what they have. Then you go to Winco and you buy your canned goods. Then you go to the next place and, you're, and you've got kind of an idea in your mind of where the best prices 
you know, with good quality are. But it, it involves definitely more for a lot of people who are on a tight budget than just going to one store and picking everything up. One of the economists I was talking to uh, last week did bring up an interesting point that with some, uh, a fairly significant number of Seattleites having very good salaries, high wages, this inflation could further divide the city in the sense of how impacts are felt. People who have very high wages or, or decently stable, good wages, secure wages, may not feel a food budget that goes from 200 to 400. Or they can say, well, food is important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend more and not feel bad about it. And if, and if you have enough money, that's not really that big of a deal. But if you've already been pinching pennies, if you're working class, working poor, single parents, lots of reasons people are living closer to the edges, the impacts are huge. And, you know, that's a really important point, Christine, that a few dollars difference for certain items in your food bill every week will absolutely hit a certain sector of the economy much differently. Christine, from the experts that you have talked to, is there going to be much change here over the next few months? What did you hear from economists about, say, the next six months? The economists I talked to were not really certain about what's going to happen over the next six months. Um, Just based on some reading I've done that is sort of a general economic research, it looks like many people expect inflation to continue going down over the next six months, housing prices to come down from their pandemic high, and perhaps some stabilization in those areas. But because the job market is not really very secure in some industries and feeling increasingly less secure in others, I don't know that there's real good certainty about what's going to happen in 2023. Axios Seattle reporter Christine Claridge, really appreciate your reporting and your insight. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. That was Axios Seattle reporter Christine Claridge. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Vaughn Jones, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. 